Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Um, no matter where you are geographically, here or on Zoom, uh, it's lovely that we can all meet together to worship God. If um, you're less familiar with our services, you're especially welcome. Uh, we're very glad to have you with us this morning. Um, my name's Alison. This is Steve, who will be leading our worship. Um, yeah, we're very informal here. Um, and don't worry if you don't know any of the songs, they'll appear on the screen. But uh, just if they're not familiar to you, just uh, sit and listen, join in if you want to later on, if you pick it up. Um, there'll be tea and coffee served afterwards um, next door. So it's lovely to all be together, as I say, to, to worship God. And we'll be hearing later from Martin about God most merciful and hearing about God's, uh, well, we heard last week about his justice, we'll be hearing about his mercy, his grace. And if any of us need a further reminder of that, we'll be um, having communion later. And that is, you know, very tangible, visible reminder of God's grace and his mercy to each one of us. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to start by, by singing um, a couple of songs to our God who is so gracious and merciful towards us. If you feel inclined to wave a flag or a ribbon, um, they are at the back. Um, if you haven't got one and you want one, do just nip to the back and get one now. And uh, join us in our worship uh, to our gracious, merciful God. Thank you. Steve. Morning, everyone. Let's stand and let's sing and let's praise our God. Arise for the glory of the Lord Rest upon us now Come and sing His praise Arise, you're the everlasting light Flooding through my night I will sing your praise The Lord is our mighty Redeemer He gives us love instead of anger the gates of our heart are open to you now my redeemer i will praise you my soul will arise rise. let's sing that first verse again now the first verse again please carol Arise, for the glory of the Lord rests upon us now. Come and sing His praise. Arise, you're the everlasting light. Flooding through my night, I will sing your praise. The Lord is our mighty Redeemer. He gives us love. Instead of anger, the gates of our heart are open to you now. My Redeemer, I will praise you. My soul will arise, arise. Arise, 
sorrow soon will end The Lord has heard our prayers Come and sing His praise And the Lord is our mighty Redeemer He gives us love instead of anger The gates of our heart are open to you now My Redeemer Arise, arise, arise my soul, arise my soul and sing. Arise, arise, arise my soul, arise my soul and sing. Arise, arise, arise my soul, arise my soul and sing. My Redeemer, I will praise you. Oh 
You your job one is to sin, but you your to God. Understanding what is good what is evil. You have been bought with a price. Jesus gave himself for the price of man's sin. We have the chance of God's salvation. Not because of our deeds, but by faith in the resurrection and gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. Thank you. Good day, Thank you, Father, that we can worship at your feet when love and mercy. Yes, amen. I remember reading somewhere or being told that uh, our worship is the, the overflow of our thankful hearts and just feel that there must be hearts full of thankfulness here this morning. Um, our worship certainly made me smile and, and I just pray that it's made you smile too, Lord God. Please be, Let's just accept our praise and our worship from our thankful hearts. Amen. Could we take up the offering now, please? <laughs> kind of sort of feel reluctant in a way to move on, but every part of this of our service is is worship to God, and we do, Lord, we we give you this offering as as part of our worship. Um, yeah, we're just so thankful for everything that you've given us. And uh, we know, Lord, that the greatest gift was the gift of your son. But you didn't stop there. 
that gift was enough, but you continue to pour out your love and your grace and your mercy on us. And we thank you for that. And uh, be pleased to accept this offering, which also comes from thankful hearts. Amen. It's time for our young people to go to Sparks, but uh, we'll pray for you before you go. Lord, we do thank you for, for the young people. We thank you for their, their leaders. Just thank you for the, the sight of them uh, waving their flags this morning in worship to you. And we pray that they will continue um, in your presence as they, they go with, with Jenny and with George to learn more about you and your love for them, Lord. Amen. Amen. And now um, I know it's a, a part of the service that, that will bring great joy, not only to, to Martin, but to the rest of us as uh, he welcomes in um, some new members. Thanks, Elsa, for leading us so beautifully. Um, wonderful to be in the presence of God, isn't it? And feel the sense of the Holy Spirit moving among us. Um, can I invite um, Abby and Callum up here, please? That's great. We'll have to fit down here. I don't know what I've done. Ah, they're up there. There we go. Great. So good to, good to have you. Good, good to get to this day, guys, with you. Yeah. So the Bible talks about baptism and membership. So let me um, let me just talk uh, from one Corinthians twelve very briefly. Paul writes: the body is a unit. The body is the church. So we are described as as a body. Though it is made up of many parts, and we're many parts today, aren't we? And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So all of you form one body, the church. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So we become members by being baptized into the body. And Paul means their baptism by full immersion. So the first challenge to some of you is, have you been baptized as a believer? Not as a baby, but have you been baptized as a believer in Jesus Christ? If you haven't, this is your next step as a Christian. If you haven't become a Christian, your first step is to become a Christian, to invite Jesus into your life, to be Lord and King. But if you've been a Christian for some time or a little while, you need to be baptized. This is the command of Jesus Christ. But then Paul doesn't stop there. He talks about becoming a member of the body through baptism, but then the, as parts of the body, we need one another and we need to be committed to one another. And he says that he, he describes the, the body of the church as being like uh, made up of different parts different members, the ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the hands, the feet. All of those parts are vital and we need them all, don't we? And he says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. Um, and the ear cannot say to the eye, I do not need you. Um, wouldn't it be grotesque if the body was just one giant eyeball? Wouldn't that be horrible? What a, what, a, what a sight that would be. So thank God we're all so different, aren't we? We all have different spiritual gifts. We all have different natural abilities. We all look very different. We all come from different backgrounds. And there is 
unity in diversity, not uniformity. We don't look the same. There is unity, though, in diversity, just as there is unity in diversity in the human body. And just as your parts of your body all work together in unity to, to work as a healthy body, so Paul asks members of the church who've been baptised into the body to all use their gifts and to work together in unity so that the body is healthy and grows up into Christ, into maturity. And that's what membership is. It is recognising that we are joined to one another, that we're part of the one body, and that we, need, we, we confess to use our gifts and skills to serve the church. And you as the members here will stand and commit to serving and using their gifts to support and help you guys to play your part in the body of Christ. But we're really excited about what God's going to do through you guys. Um, we've already seen some of what's uh, in store, and I'm really excited. Uh, and we're going to ask today that the Holy Spirit would just come and fill you afresh and release the amazing gifts that are in you um, so that you can help the church here to grow and to be absolutely chock full. That's what we want to see. You know, all these buildings chock full, full of families, full of life and energy, and I believe God will, will bless the church here and the community through you guys. So we're excited for this. This is good. So can I ask um, Nigel uh, and Tony, the elders, to come forward? So we're going to pray for you guys. But before we do that, there's a couple of uh, promises. So just imagine you're getting married again, so as we do, rather than I do this time. We'll do it together. So Abby and uh, Callum, do you believe that God has called you to serve Christ as part of Heatherdale Baptist Church? Fantastic. Abby and Callum, do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community and in the world and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ? Fantastic. Can I ask the members of the church to stand, please? This is your bit. You're going to enthusiastic, delighted, joyful we do. So as members of Heathervale Baptist Church, <laughs> do you promise to love, to encourage, to strengthen, to guide, to pray for, and care for Abby and Callum as equal partners in the body of Christ? We do. That's fantastic. Amen. You can be seated. We're going to pray for you guys. We're going to lay hands and pray for you. And uh, just ask the Spirit to come and, uh, come and fill you afresh. Lord, this is a joyful day, Jesus. We're so excited um, that Abby and Callum have come to this place where they've recognised that this is the church that you've called them to, the church where they want to use their spiritual gifts and all their natural abilities and experience to see the kingdom grow here. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, for a fresh outpouring of your power upon them today, that you would release spiritual gifts in them. We thank you, Lord, that you've already given them gifts of prophecy, given them gifts of, of worship leading, of music, Lord, of administration, of uh, finance, Lord, and of, of IT. Lord, there are so many gifts and skills here. And Lord, we, we pray for a fanning into flame of, the, of these uh, gifts. Lord, even those that are embryonic, we thank you, Lord, that uh, Callum has a heart for, for teaching. And we pray, Lord, that you would fan that gift into flame right now through the power of your spirit. Lord, show him where you want him to serve in teaching, Lord, in future days. And Lord, show him where you want him to serve you, to be used 
for the growth and extension of your kingdom here in this church. And Lord, for Abby, thank you for the gifts of the gift of prophecy. And we ask, Lord, that you'd strengthen that gift of prophecy right now, that you'd fan that gift into flame. We thank you, Lord, for her worship and music abilities. We thank you, Lord, that she's a person of passion and prayer. Lord, and we pray that you'd give her an even greater passion, Lord, for your kingdom, for, your, for intercession, to see revival in her time, to see fires lit in this area. Lord, we pray that she would be a channel of your fire and of your grace and of growth, kingdom growth through her in this place we pray in Jesus' name. So come, Holy Spirit, may your holy fire, may your flames of fire fall upon these two now and enliven and quicken their gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we do thank you for Callum and for Abby. We thank you that they've given themselves to each other in marriage to share you, their lives together. Yeah, bless you. And now as they come into membership of this fellowship, we look forward to sharing our lives with them yes, and Lord. their lives with us. Amen. Lord, we thank you for natural gifting that you've given them. Yeah. And we thank you for spiritual gifts. Yes, Lord. But Lord, we pray that you will take all the gifts that you've placed in each one of them. Yes, Lord. That uh, it might yes, be Lord. multiplied. Yes. That uh, through them, your kingdom might be extended in this place mm. and in this community. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, you called them to serve here. And we know that you will bless them both. And bless us because they're members with us. Yes, in Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Heavenly Father, was just so excited to welcome uh, you, Callum, yes, Lord. into our family here at Heatherall. Father, it's such a joy to see our family grow, and uh, yeah, we, we, we're just looking forward to, to just uh, working alongside them uh, and helping them in their ministries, Lord. Uh, Father, it's so important that each of us, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we nurture each other and help each other on our journey and our Christian walk, Father. And I pray that we would do that as a body here, that we would help Callum and Abby to uh, take that Christian uh, journey, Lord, and that they will thrive and they will grow in this uh, community here yes, Lord. Lord. Yes, And in turn, Lord, we will be blessed through that. And uh, yes, we just acknowledge that. And so, Father, just, just a wonderful day. And uh, I pray that you would really bless them, that they, their, their gifts will grow, and that we will all flourish here through that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. And, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, may I welcome you into membership of Heathervale Baptist Church. And there's your membership cards. Bless you. Great. Great stuff. Well, as, as I mentioned earlier, we, we're having a, a time of communion this morning. Um, we're going to sing before we do, um, just thinking again about God's mercy and how there's a danger sometimes that we can take that for granted. Um, so if, those, if the communion stewards could come to the front while we're singing this, um, and I'll join you when we're finished. I will kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross. I will kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross where mercy paid for me. Where the wrath I 
deserve. It has gone, it has passed, your blood has hid me. Mercy, mercy, as endless as the the cup and the bread we will break remembering your love we were fallen from grace but you took all my shame and nailed it to a cross mercy mercy as the sea I'll sing your hallelujah for all eternity Our God and Heavenly Father, what an amazing God you are, mm, thank you. full of mercy, full of truth. Yes, thank you. And you are a holy God, Yes, a loving God, 
You are holy. You are love. And Lord, we just thank you that from the bottom of our hearts that you express that love to us, that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die for us. Lord, we just thank you. We cannot understand and comprehend the love that you have for each one of us. And we just thank you now that as we come around the table to remember that great sacrifice, the great love that you have for your son and for us, that you sent him to the cross. And Lord, as we receive the, the bread and the wine, may we be forever truly thankful. Words cannot express our deep love and appreciation. Mm. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you that your word is a living word and you've inspired it through the power of your Holy Spirit. And as we hear your word read now, Lord, we pray that already, as we hear it read, that your Holy Spirit, you'd be working on our hearts, opening us up, uh, humbling us, making us open to not just be hearers, Lord, but those who respond to your mercy uh, as revealed in Jesus Christ. So help us to have listening ears, Lord, that put into practice what it means to be a people who are responding to your mercy. So speak now, Lord, through your word, we pray, and help us to listen and to obey in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Um, sorry, it's not the passage I was expecting to see out there. That's not right, is it? Yeah, sorry, Romans 12. Yeah. Yes, Romans chapter 12. I'll, I'll, it, there are only two verses, so I'll read them. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. So we're looking this morning at uh, God most merciful. Um, justice, mercy, and grace are all part of the character of God, um, but they are different. They're similar in some ways, but they're also different. And when God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, we get a description of all of these um, 
He says this, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. So we have a God who is merciful and gracious, but a God who is just. He has to, there has to be a punishment for the guilty, for those who are sinners, which is all of us, according to scripture. So how do we unpick uh, and understand how justice, mercy, and grace relate together then? Well, very simply, um, justice is getting what we deserve, which the Bible says the wages of sin is death, physical and spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God for eternity. Um, and the penalty of sin is death, physical and spiritual. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Our sin, according to scripture, should result in death. But if we trust in Christ, we don't get what we deserve. In fact, Christ gets what we deserve, and we get from him what we don't deserve, which is what grace is. Grace is getting what we do not deserve. The cross tells us that Christ takes on himself the punishment of sin, which is death, that we deserve, so that through faith in him, we don't get what we deserve. We get what we don't deserve. Um, very simply, uh, a story, which I've nicked from uh, the Alpha Course. Two people went through school and university together and they developed a close relationship. Life went on and they went their different ways and lost contact. One went on to become a judge, while the other went down and down and ended up as a criminal. Well, one day, the criminal appeared before the judge. He'd committed a crime to which he pleaded guilty. The judge recognized his old friend and he faced a dilemma. He was a judge, so he had to be just. He couldn't just let the man off. On the other hand, he didn't want to punish the man because he loved him. So he told his friend that he would find him the correct penalty for the offense. That is justice. Then he came down from his position as judge and wrote a check for the amount of the fine. He gave it to his friend saying that he would pay the penalty for him. That is mercy. The friend ended up without a penalty fine and this is grace. And this is an illustration of what God has done for us. He has to judge us because he's a God of justice. We are guilty of living independently of him, all of us. And our independence, our self-centeredness deserves death. But Jesus paid the penalty for us. But we have to accept the check, as it were. Um, we accept the check, the payment of Christ for our sin. When we come to the cross and we kneel in the dust as we've sung, and we receive the forgiveness and mercy of God and recognize that our sin can only be paid for by Jesus. I wonder, have you done that yet? Have you knelt at the foot of the cross and thanked Jesus for his death for you? That he got what you deserve so that you can get from him what you don't deserve, grace. Have you recognized the mercy of God in Christ and received that gift of grace. I'd invite you to do that today. If you haven't, talk to a Christian at the end of the service, ask them to pray with you that you might receive the grace of God in Christ. 
Um, there are three responses from this passage that we should make to the mercy of God. Um, number one, first we should respond to God's mercy by offering our bodies as living sacrifices. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. The image behind this is of the burnt offerings in the book of Leviticus. I'm going through um, Leviticus at the moment with Nikki Gumbel on the Bible in One Year app. And we've been looking just this morning, actually, God incidents, not coincidence, at the burnt offerings. And um, people were called to bring the best animal from the herd or flock, a costly animal without fault or blemish, and the whole of the animal had to be burnt up on the altar. And the aroma that rose up was a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Um, and the, the symbolism is that the animal was costly and none of it was to be left um, without being burnt up. The whole thing had to be offered as a sacrifice and burnt up. And it cost the person a lot. This was expensive. And that's a, that's a sign of commitment to the Lord. It's a sign of costly devotion, sacrifice. But we, of course, are called to be living sacrifices. Um, we don't have to get up on an altar and be burnt, thankfully. But we are called to offer the best of who we are. All of our bodies, which includes our minds, our ears, our mouth, our, our legs, our hands. It's a, it's a symbol of completeness, of fullness, of commitment. And that's quite a challenge in these days of partial commitment, isn't it? Um, I've spoken on this before, but we live in a culture now where people make other lifestyle choices, and those lifestyle choices can sometimes be more important than their faith in Christ. That should not be so. Jesus calls us to offer all of ourselves and the best of ourselves as living sacrifices. Our whole bodies should be devoted. John Stott, in his commentary on Romans, I love what he says about this. He says this, quote, We are to offer the different parts of our bodies, not to sin as instruments of wickedness, but to God as instruments of righteousness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then our feet will walk in his paths, our lips will speak the truth and spread the gospel, our tongues will bring healing, our hands will lift up those who have fallen and perform mundane tasks such as cooking, cleaning, typing and mending. Our arms will embrace the lonely and the unloved. <coughs> Excuse me. Our ears will listen to the cries of the distressed and our ears will look patiently and humbly towards God. <coughs> Thank you. I suffer with uh, hay fever at this time of the year and this is part of it. Thank you. In other words, the whole of our bodies are to be used in the service of God. We are living sacrifices, fully, completely holy. <coughs> oh dear. Um, second, our response to God's mercy should be to seek to please him. I'm not emotional, honest. It's, <laughs> it's not a particularly emotional topic, is it? Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer 
your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is the picture of the aroma from the burnt offering rising up, a bit like, um, I don't know whether your uh, perfume or aftershave is pleasing to other people, I hope it is. Um, I always remember, I still remember, uh, thank you, I still remember PE changing rooms and the smell of anybody, DP and uh, teenage deodorant, horrible, disgusting. The last place you wanted to go was the PE changing room at school. It was, you'd wretch when you went in there. Well, our sacrifice to God is to be a holy and pleasing aroma to the Lord. We want to please him. Um, and when we give the whole of our lives, the whole of our bodies, the whole of our time to God as a living sacrifice, this is an aroma that is pleasing to him. I don't know if you realize that. Don't you want to please God? And this is really important because often we can serve for the wrong reasons, right? It's possible to serve God because we want to get some glory. We want to be recognized, affirmed in our service. Now, there's nothing wrong with encouragement. People to say, yeah, good job. We should do that for each other. But we shouldn't be in this thing of serving Christ in our workplaces, in the church, in our families, so that we get glory. We shouldn't be craving glory from people. We should be wanting to please God. Everything we do and say should be a holy aroma pleasing and rising up, filling God's nostrils. And you know, you can do that when you know how loved you are. When you know how loved you are, you don't need to try and get approval through your service because you already are approved of and loved. Do you know God loves you and approves of you? Do you know that this morning? So much so that he gave his son to die for you. Do you know that at his baptism, um, God the Father said, this is my beloved son with you, I am well pleased. Did you know that in, in uh, the Old Testament, God's described as singing over you with love? Did you know that? Did you know that in Proverbs, you're described as the apple of his eye? Look up these scriptures. God loves you. He wants you to know that you're loved. He wants you to know that you're already approved of. Not because of your performance or service or how many rotors you're on. He loves you because he loves you. Let me prove this to you. If the father speaks love over the son, aren't we described as Christians as branches in the vine? Hello? We are joined to the vine. We are connected to the vine, to Jesus. So if the father looks on Jesus and says, with you I am well pleased, doesn't he also look on the branches that are connected to the vine? So he's pleased with you because you're connected to the vine. So when the father speak, says to you this morning, with you I am well pleased. You're part of my vine. I love you. I approve of you. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to serve to get God's approval. We already have it. Wow. 
Here's an illustration. Imagine a father watching his young son playing football for his team. He spent hours with his son teaching him skills on the local field. The father already loves his son fully and completely. If his son forgets some of the training and he misses an open goal, this will in no way lessen his father's love for him or his approval of him. The son is assured of his father's love regardless of his performance. But the son will still long to score that goal, not for himself to gain his father's love, but because of his father's love. He wants his father to share in the joy of him scoring a goal. But even when he has a terrible game, he still feels the smile and love of his father. Do you see the difference? Isn't that such a different way to serve? We already have the smile and love and approval of the Father over us. We do get it wrong. We do mess up. But the Father still loves us and, and welcomes us home with his lo loving arms open wide and is there to forgive. But we want to please him because he's our loving Father who loves us beyond what we can imagine. So we want to please him. We want to score that goal for him. We want to serve him the best that we can because we, he loves us. And therefore, we love him. Do you see? You see, the problem is when we don't really grasp that God loves us, we'll try to serve and get approval from him that way. That's a path to destruction. You will wear yourself out. You'll burn yourself out. You'll run out of energy. Don't go that route. Rest in the Father's love. Delight in the Father's love. Enjoy the Father's love, and then you will want to please him, whether you mess up or not. Even when you mess up, he's still pleased with you. It's good news, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so in view of God's mercy, this is a powerful assurance for sacrificial obedience to God, full and pleasing to him. We're not doing it to get approval from others. We already have it from God. There's no more approval we need. Third, our response to God's mercy should be to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Here it is. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform in the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Really bad translation here in the NIV. Terrible. Translation, spiritual act of worship should be reasonable, logical, or rational. It's in the NIV footnotes. They're just bad with the Greek there. What Paul is saying here is this. In the light of the mercy of God to us in Christ, the only reasonable, logical, rational response is to offer our whole bodies as a living sacrifice. That's what he's saying there. Simple. There is no other response we can make than to be fully committed to God when we understand and grasp what he's given to us in terms of mercy. So we need to meditate on this stuff so that our service is fully sacrificial. If we don't meditate on the mercy of God, do you know where we end up? 
we end up burnt out. We end up trying to please people rather than God, right? Because we're not focused on the right things. We've all been there. We all go there regularly, don't we? We, get it, we? we just lose our focus. We start doing things for approval. We want feedback that's positive and there's nothing wrong with encouragement. Don't hear me wrong. But when we're doing it because we crave affirmation and approval, that's wrong. We need to be transformed through the renewing of our minds. How does this happen day to day? It happens as we meditate on the mercy of God every day. Every single day, meditate on the mercy of God in Christ for you on the cross. This is why find Bible study resources that come through the lens of the cross every day. C.H. Spurgeon, the Baptist preacher, used to say, all the side roads in England will eventually end up in London, right? And what he meant, he used that as an illustration to say that all these little highways and byways and country lanes will eventually get you to the center, which is London. Sorry for any northerners here. <laughs> London is the center, it's the capital. We want to get to the cross. We want to get to Christ through our readings in scripture. Fascinating though Deuteronomy is, and I love the book of Deuteronomy. I want to get to Christ when I read Deuteronomy. I'm reading Leviticus at the moment. Nicky Gumbel wonderfully filters everything through the lens of the cross. He applies it to the New Testament. That's why I love those kind of Bible resources. I want to see the gospel of Christ in the mercy of God in the cross every time I read scripture. Because as I meditate on God's mercy in Christ, do you know what it does to me? It changes my mindset. It means I'm not all about Martin and his fame and his glory and his popularity. I'm about Jesus. I'm falling in love with him all over again. I'm serving as a response to the cross. I'm not on a commission for this app. <laughs> but boy, this is brilliant. Honestly, this is the best Bible resource I have ever seen. I cannot recommend this highly enough. The Bible in one year, Nicky Gumbel. Um, you can get the book on the right. If you, if you love to read, read the book. I'm actually doing it as audio. I'm doing it off the app, the Bible in one year app. You get... You get um, uh, Gospel, Old Testament, and Psalm every day. And Nicky Gumbel wonderfully brings it all together in his commentary through the lens of the cross. God's mercy in Christ. Every day you are feeding your mind with the mercy of God in Christ. That's going to change your mindset. That's going to change the way you serve. That's how we should read scripture. Did you know that scripture is a love letter from God to you through the lens of the cross of Christ? Every scripture comes through the cross. Jesus is the re perfect revelation, the fulfillment of all the promises of God in scripture. He's the one that we want to get to. Now, I love a dry, dusty study of the book of Kings on occasion. I have to do that as part of my masters. But you know what I love more? I love to get to the cross. 
Because that's the place of transformation. As we kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross, where love and mercy meet, we are changed. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds as we meditate on the mercy of God in Christ. This is not the ABCs of the gospel. This is the A to Z of the gospel. We need to focus on this stuff all the way through our lives because we go wrong. That's why Jesus said, whenever you eat and drink the cup and eat the bread, we need to do this regularly because we're so about ourselves that we need to be reminded regularly that it's about Christ and his mercy because we can be so self-righteous, so self-centered. We look for approval when we already have it in Christ. You can commit to God your whole life, your whole body as a living sacrifice when you know the mercy of God in your heart. You will never be the same again. I love what Matt Redmond writes in that song, by the way. May I never lose the wonder. Oh, the wonder of your mercy. Isn't that so good? Oh. The day I lo lose that wonder, I shouldn't be stood up here. Should not be preaching this stuff if I ever lose the wonder. We shouldn't try to serve if we ever lose the wonder. Because if we serve without the wonder, we will serve looking for approval. We already have that. So let's ask God to fill our hearts afresh with his love, with the wonder of his mercy, that we might serve sacrificially, wholeheartedly, fully, committedly, God wants all of you, not part of you. God doesn't want to be squeezed in to your free time. God is the one that we worship, the one that we are called to give our, living, our bodies as a living sacrifice to us. I felt there's a word for some of us here today about it's not a case of, well, squeezing church and Christ around that the holes that we have in our lives, just whenever we can. Look, the cross demands my soul, my life, my all. It's not a bolt-on extra hobby to add to our other hobbies. This is the very purpose that we were created. It's to please God, to give Christ the glory, to serve him in our families, workplaces, church, community, so that he gets the glory. That's why you're here. That's why you're a Christian. That's your purpose. Nothing else. So let's get off, get out of the driving seat, Christians, and let Christ drive the car. It's not about us. It never was. We were created for his glory, his honor, to please him. Let's stand in the presence of God. I want to lead us in a prayer of uh, repentance and confession. Feel that's right. Lord, forgive us, Lord, where we have held back our time, our energy. Lord, forgive us when we've only given partially to you. Lord, we've not given the whole of our bodies, our minds, our time, our energy to you. We've, we've been holding back, Lord, and we want to say that we're sorry. Lord, have mercy on us. 
Lord, we pledge, we give ourselves again in complete and full and obedient service to you this morning. We lay it all down again in response to your mercy. Lord, would you so fill us with a fresh vision of your mercy for us? Would you so fill us, Father, with your love that we would serve you with energy, with passion, with the whole of ourselves as a response of love to you? Lord, we need more of your love. Fill us with more of your love, Father, so we might know the height, the width, the length, the depth of this love and serve from that place of approval and love. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bear with me a minute. Just as we were taking communion, uh, the words of a song came into my, my mind, and it, I haven't sung it for years. Um, and maybe it's just for me, I don't know, but um, in view of what Martin was saying there, let me just see if I can. Maybe it's not even in Songs of Fellowship, I can't. And it was, shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Wherever you may lead, I will follow. I have made a choice to listen to your voice, wherever you may lead, I will follow, or I will go. Anyway, just um, Last Sunday evening at the prayer meeting, Martin used a song that actually I'd never heard before, um, but from the strength of the singing around me, it was obvious that lots of other people did know it. And uh, so I, I wouldn't normally choose a brand new song to finish off with, but and as I say, I know for, for many of you, it isn't brand new. Um, and I just, it was one that I thought I would, would like to use. It's a simple, straightforward tune, isn't it, Steve? Hope so. so. <laughs> yeah, because Steve didn't know either. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you don't know it, I, I think you'd be able to pick it up fairly quickly. If you don't pick up the tune, then just take in the words.
God, we just thank you for the wonder that Christ lives in us, that your spirit lives in us. I'm just going to close. Again, it's the words of a song. Christ, be in my waking as the sun is rising, in my day of working with me every hour. Christ, be in my resting as the day is ending, calming and refreshing, watching through the night. Christ, be in my thinking and my understanding, guarding me from evil, walking in the light. Christ, be in my speaking, every word a blessing, pure and not deceiving, grace to all who hear. Jesus, this is my devotion all my life to know you, every day to walk with you. Saviour, you're my deepest longing. You're the one I live for. Teach me, Lord, to walk with you.